sun shining down over me and you and there'll be love in the bodies of the elephants what's going down people welcome to another edition of echo chamber let's get into it with the uk box office top 10 for the weekend of the 26th to the 28th of july all right so at number 10 is the live action aladdin at number nine it's the secret cinema screenings of casino royale at number eight it's the current war at number seven annabelle comes home at number six horrible histories the movie at number five it's yesterday at number four it's Andre Ruiz's 2019 Maastricht concert. That's through Event Cinema. At number three, it's Spider-Man Far From Home. At number two, it's Toy Story 4. And making it four films in the top ten for Disney, it's The Lion King, people. And that leads into this week's review which is the lion king so uh yeah let's get into it so um i had a good day out it was early and um figured a visit to the cinema was in order so um, i ended up going to the everyman in crystal palace and uh watched the new lion king now, I have to say, the Everyman in Crystal Palace was great. The staff, super friendly and helpful. And, um, yeah, the cinema, man. I think it's the biggest Everyman I've been in. And, um, yeah, the, what, the you know, front row wasn't too far away from the screen. But not super close, so it was just right. Sofa's comfy, so it was great. But yeah, I I didn't know, I didn't know what to think going in, you know what I mean? Because it was just like, none of these, these live action versions of the Disney cartoons have really jumped out at me. I saw Aladdin earlier in the year, and the the thing that really was apparent with the film didn't have any magic you know, there was just no magic involved which is part of the joy of a cartoon right and especially these classic disney cartoons so you know the the, the, the thinking was like oh will how will lion king be but i think the big reason i went was because it wasn't human actors so I was thinking, okay, this could, this could maybe work. So yeah, like the voice cast was was pretty damn impressive, you know. So we got Donald Glover, Seth Rogen, Chitwell Ejiofor, Afir Wood Woodard, Billy Einchner, John Canny, John Oliver. 
Beyonce and James L. Jones, who was ain't the only person reprising their role from the original. And um, yeah, like who else could be Mustafa, right? Masafa, Masafa, Masafa. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Who else could be that character? So yeah, you had to have James back. But yeah, so the cast was great. Jean Favreau was the, um, you know, director and producer. So he's already scored big with, um, like, Disney must love him. Because he made money for them with the Jungle Book. You know, he's been behind a lot of the MCU films. And he directed Iron Man, right? So, yeah, he's doing The Mandalorian that Star Wars TV show. So John Favreau and Disney seem to go together very well. Um so yeah, he was he was directing this. Um Jeff Nefferson um wrote it. So it was just like, all right, you know, it, it, let let let's see. Now the story, I think many people know the story, but just in case you don't in the pride lands of Africa, a pride of lions rule over the animal kingdom from Pride Rock. King Masafa and Queen Saribi's newborn son Simba is presented to the gathering animals by Rafiki, the mandrill, the kingdom's shaman and advisor. Masafa shows Simba the Pride Lands and explains to him the responsibilities of kingship and the circle of life, which connects all living things. Masafa's younger brother, Skardo, covets the throne and plots to eliminate Masafa and Simba so he may become king. Ooh. Yeah. It's it's a it's it's a classic story that everyone knows. I mean, to be honest with you, right? I'd only recently seen the cartoon. I think I saw the cartoon maybe three or four years ago, which was weird because I I'd seen the musical version a long time before that. Um, so yeah, I don't think I was like. Fully up on the story, you know, I don't know this story as much as a lot of people who seem to kind of watch it over and over again. But, you know, it's a good story. Uh, What I'd noticed, and I, you know, I think I'm right, but uh, this was kind of a scene for scene adaptation for the most part. It, it kind of felt like um, Which not a bad thing I, I think some of the differences were um, Like I think what they gave the female lions So I think the female lions Had more of a part in this Than in the original I could be wrong though I could be wrong But uh yeah, no, the story the story worked. It was very enjoyable. And I think it's the cast. The cast were good. Cast were very good. 
uh i would say i think beyonce um yeah beyonce as uh nala and donald glover as simba now glover wasn't as bad but I, I don't know, I think Beyonce's Nala was a little too, I, 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 I think simpering is the wrong word, but it got a little, it just got a little grating, I don't know why, Beyonce's got a great singing voice, but yeah, just on the talking tip, like, got a little bit great in um and donald glover's simba he did sound a bit too young maybe i think i think yeah i think he was a little bit too young um but i have to say john oliver was great as zazu and it was interesting they got another English guy to play that role. Because I, I think it was Alan... Oh, no. It was um Ronald Atkinson in the original, right? I believe. Um, So, yeah. It, it, John Oliver was good at, at Zazu. But I think who really stole the show? And I think... From all accounts, they kind of stole the cartoon as well. Was Timu and Pabu? Pabu? Pumba? Pumba? Hmm. I believe. I think. Timon, Timon and Pumba. Yes. See, I'm not clued up, man. Real Lion King fans would know all this shit. But, hey, they were great in this. They were great. Uh, Billy Encher was good. But I think it was all about Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen killed. He killed in this. Like everyone in the cinema was in stitches. You know, he, his character was great. He, he he really nailed it with the voice acting. Because I don't think it was just straight up him talking, right? So he kind of changed the voice a little, but it was Seth Rogen. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think the voice talent on the film really did up it. Like, um. Ah, oh, the, the the I think it was Florence Kasumba voiced um, Senzi. I I think it's Senzi, the uh, the female um, hyena, and that was great. Oh, that worked. That really worked. You know, there was there was this like. Ooh, there's this tone to it that made you go like, oh man, god damn it, that's scary, that's frightening. Uh, and 
you know that I think that's a big thing. Like they they did get the the casting pretty pretty on point. You know, and I, I, I the voice cast, and that's a big. That's always extremely important when it comes to these things. You know, if if they'd messed up the voice cast, I think it it would have been a big fail. It would have been a big fail. Um, and the animation, the animation was crazy. It was crazy. Like it was so realistic. So you really were just like, oh shit. Yeah. Like when um at, at the end when the Simba's fighting uh, Scar, we're just like, oh shit, two lions are going at it, man. Oh, that was great. And even though you know, with the songs and everything like that, I think there's the song with Scar that in the cartoon, all the colours change and everything like that. But I think the way they kind of changed that up, the way that they made, you know, the, I think the cadence they gave the song and everything like that, it worked. It really worked. And at every every moment, I think you got the emotion of the scene. You know, I think you got the emotion of the scene. I think that visually it it was captivating the voices weren't jarring and i think one of the big things also a lot of times with animation you're like ah oh, but that's just this person doing a voice i think the voices didn't take you out of the film which was big that's a big thing um and then the music the music so Hans Zimmer um he came back because he did the cartoon music so he came back and he worked with um Pharrell Williams on um putting together the new score um Elton John Tim Rice and Beyonce collaborated on right tweaking the songs and everything like that and it it was yeah i think it was it, you know you there's sometimes not all this music is used from the original but yeah they you i think they basically used everything so that was fun and um they they threw in a little lion sleeps tonight that which was really good in my head I want to say that you heard the beginning of Toto's Africa. But I don't know if I imagined that or not. <laughs> I don't want to put money on that happened. Because that could definitely just be my imagination fucking with me. But um, yeah, so the music worked. It was great. I think the, the one... The one bit that was just like, oh, what was that? Was um, 
in the end credits, there was a new song called Never Too Late, performed by um, Elton. Oh, it was horrible. It was not a good song. I don't think anyone in the screen enjoyed that song. You know, it yeah, it was it was a horrible song. Elton was putting on this affectation that just was like, what the fuck is he doing? It was just like, oh, and and was extremely thankful that that was left to the end credits and wasn't put within the body of the film. Because yeah, that was, I think that was the one downside of the whole film, that song. So uh, yeah. <laughs> But um, the rest of it, hey, very much enjoyed it. And, you know, what, like what I said with um, Aladdin, there was no magic. But with this, there was, it did feel magical. It did have that spark. So this worked. I very much enjoyed it. And, um... Yeah, so my friend, she loved it as well. And like the she loves the Lion King. So the fact that she really liked it, I think that that speaks volumes. So hey, if you haven't seen it, I would take yourselves to the cinema and go check it out. And if you're in Crystal Palace in that area, hey, go to the everyman, because, yeah, that was great, that's a lot of fun, but, yeah, Lion King, baby. Okay, people, so we're reaching the end of another episode, so, um, bit of film news, and, um, in some surprising news... Right, so um, Ansel Elgort and Edgar Wright have both confirmed that um, Wright is planning and writing a um, a sequel to his Baby Driver film. I mean, I don't know. Like, I the first one was okay, but I just didn't really feel that it needed a sequel so yeah i don't know i have no idea really where you would go but yeah who knows man who knows what's gonna happen with this yeah it's an odd one um all right so in the uk um, a, a lot of cinemas do deals during the week, you know, so, um, like, a big thing used to be on Tuesdays, cinema tickets would be, you know, a lot cheaper. Um, currently, like, um, a few cinemas do deals on a Monday, and, you know, there's certain days in the week where certain cinemas do deals. Now, this seems to be something that um could be coming to the US uh, a lot of um yeah uh, 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 there seems to be appetite 
for bringing a dynamic model to um, cinema pricing. Um, yeah, like I, I think Movie Pass showed that you know there wasn't you know people were open to the idea, but that that failed uh, last year. So um, it kind of it's opened up the possibility of other people jumping on it but um yeah at the moment it seems to be an idea that's floating around no one in particular is committing to anything but there does seem to be rumblings that um a lot of cinemas are interested and see it as a way of um, maybe combating the current slump in um, yeah takings at the uh, at the movies that have been uh, really seem to be hitting in this year. Um, in other news. The upcoming Rambo Last Blood is going to be an R-rated film. And um, Stallone has said it's going to be a hard R. Um, now, what um, what he has also... Uh, what he's also kind of um, said to the, um, the kind of breakdown of the film... So, supposedly, one of John Rambo's friend's daughters has been kidnapped. So, you know, Rambo has been working on a farm. And um, he drops tools. He crosses the, uh, the Mexican border. And then he finds himself up against one of Mexico's most violent cartels. I mean, obviously he does. Like, what other outcome was there going to be to that, right? Uh, the film opens on the 20th of September. And, um, yeah, hopefully um, Rambo dies. Because, what, Rambo must be about 80 now. So, uh for him to make it out of this alive would just be crazy. But, um, yeah, who knows? Because Saloda has seemed to backtrack of late, saying it could be more Rambos. But let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that he uh, finally meets his end in this outing. Um, and um, lastly... Lastly, people, so Jill Soloway recently took over the writing and directing duties on Millennium Films' Red Sonja project. Now, she's um, been out doing press recently, and she had this to say about the project. I can't wait. I'm super excited. I get to write it as well, which is really a dream come true. I know it feels different when you compare it to Transparent, 
but for me it feels just really very much like it's coming from the same place. I've always talked about myself as doing work that attempts to heal the divide feminine in our culture. The idea that women get kind of chopped up into wife or other woman or good girl, bad girl or Charlie's angel or all the women on sex in the city and that this idea of the divided feminine means that women get like a small slice to be. If you look at transparent it's really about a lot of women becoming whole. All my work is really about humans searching for some divine feminine, asking these questions about God and looking for meaning. So for me to transfer that into the world of Red Sonia felt incredibly natural because Red Sonia is a very different kind of superhero. She's not really typical. I can really have so much fun with Red Sonia. I see her a little bit more like the first kind of bad girl superhero. Sort of like the Batman of the Dark Knight or Deadpool, you know? The world is changing so much that now for superheroes that I just really look forward to not only going to the edge of what I've ever written and directed before, but to the edge of the genre as well. So yeah, there's no um, no, no real date of when this is going to go into production or when it's going to come out because... Um, the original schedule was it to film this year, but when um, Brian Singer got replaced, everything got shelved, so we're starting again from the beginning. But, um, yeah, I don't know. When all that information comes out, I think we'll probably um, talk about it here at some point. But I'd imagine that Red Sonia will be probably hitting... Like 2022, probably something like that, you know. But, um, yeah, who knows? We will see. All right, people, that's the end of another episode. I'm now gonna try and think of what film I'm gonna cover next week because I don't know right now, but yeah, something. <laughs> there will be another episode so uh yeah we'll see what happens so in the meantime enjoy your cinema going have fun and uh yeah we'll catch you next thursday peace Just in my